Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Be You with Declan Edwards. You are about to listen to Season 3, Episode 3 of our 15-Minute Mindset mini-series. So if you're new here, let me tell you what that is. If you're a long-time fan, let me remind you what it is. It is where I'm going to teach you something to help you with your personal development and well-being journey in 15 minutes or less. Now, today's episode is actually a special follow-up episode from episode two that we did in this season. You may remember if you've listened already, see uh, episode two of this season was on the seven thinking traps that get in people's way when it comes to their personal development and well-being. It really holds them back from living their best life and fulfilling their potential. Well, on this episode, we're going to be looking at the seven behavior traps get in people's way. So these are the roadblocks, the barriers, the things that really slow you down on your journey and you may not even realize that you're doing them. So with that said, you don't have to have listened to uh, to episode two first. You can jump straight into this one, listen to them in any order that you want, but they are useful to have both listened to. So make sure sometime over the next couple of days, you take 30 minutes out for yourself in total to listen to both these amazing episodes and get really clear on what your current barriers, blocks, roadblocks, hurdles are the things that are stopping you from truly living your greatest life. With that said, let's jump straight into the seven behavior traps that can slow you down on your personal development and well-being journey. Okay, so here we go. We're going to check out these seven behavior traps that get in the way of true happiness. Now, just as we did with the seven thinking traps on the last episode, we're going to be looking at the mistake, why it's a mistake, and how to begin overcoming it. Now, not all of these behavior traps are going to be relevant to you. You're not going to hear all seven and go, oh my God, I'm doing all of these. Or maybe you will, who knows? The important thing though, is that at the end of this episode, you can very clearly identify what's been stopping you from progressing in your personal development and well-being journey. You can get really clear on the traps that are holding you back from living your happiest and healthiest life. So the first one we're going to look at is one of the most common ones. It's betting your emotional well-being on external achievements. This is also known as the hedonic treadmill or the I'll be happy when trap. So it's a psychological um, behavior trap that becomes a self-fueling cycle. So what happens is happiness seems to always be around the next corner. So it's, I'll be happy when I get the promotion. I'll be happy when I'm in a relationship. I'll be happy when I make more money. I'll be happy when my health is better. And we're always chasing happiness. Unfortunately, what ends up happening here is eventually we look back and realize that we never actually allowed ourselves to be happy where we were because the grass was always greener around the next goal. And that's where it holds us back from living a happy, content, and fulfilling life. See, happiness doesn't exist around the next achievement. Happiness exists where we are and in the pursuit of things that matter to us, not because we have to accomplish them to be happy, but because we're happy where we already are and we want to express that through achieving things that matter to us. So your solution to this one is to learn how to nurture genuine contentment and fulfillment where you are right now in life whilst still having meaningful goals to pursue. It's this fine balancing line of contentment in our current moment, but also having things that matter to us that we're excited about going for into our future. Now, the second behavior trap we're going to look at is yo-yo committing to your growth and well-being. Now, this is 
when you get really, really committed, you get really motivated and you start taking action, you get some momentum off and then you stop once things begin to go well. Now, this is actually reflective of uh, having a very reactive approach to your well-being or a very pain-oriented approach. So it's Let's say you get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm super, super stressed. Now I need to do something about it. You get back to a moderate level of stress and then you're like, this will do. I'm good. And you suddenly stop doing all the things that helped. Self-care goes out the window. We're not setting boundaries as much. We're not looking after ourselves. Unfortunately, what happens with this reactive approach to our well-being is that it keeps a ceiling on our life at the surviving level. It means the best we're going to get to is good enough or getting by. And so this is when you talk to someone, you're like, how are you feeling? And they say, not bad okay, but are you good or are you just not bad? Are you just in this middle neutral ground? What happens is we actually rob ourselves of the opportunity to truly thrive in life. I'll never forget one of my earliest mentors and coaches said to me, Declan, why do you brush your teeth every day if your gums aren't bleeding? I said, well, it's to prevent the likelihood of my gums bleeding in future. Like It's just a habit that's built in to look after myself. And he goes, yeah, So wouldn't it make sense to do the exact same thing with your mental and emotional well-being? Wouldn't it make sense to do the same thing with your personal development? And what's happening when we hear that, we laugh, but I see so many people get stuck in this behavior trap of they feel they're not stressed enough to see a coach or to ask for help. They're waiting for the breaking point. They're waiting for their teeth to bleed before they start brushing them. So the solution to this is to start developing sustainable and consistent habits around your personal growth and well-being. Make it part of your day-to-day life and your day-to-day routine. Of course, one of the best ways to do that is to use guidance and support to identify and establish and maintain those habits. So ask for help before you hit rock bottom. You know, it's a huge problem with our approach as a society to mental and emotional well-being that we have this underlying theme of you need to hit rock bottom before you get help with your mental and emotional well-being. And that that is absolute madness and chaos to me. It does not actually help people thrive in the long term. Now, speaking of the approach to mental and emotional well-being, especially in Australia um, and as a society as a whole, another behavior trap, the third one I'm going to be looking at together today, is repeatedly utilizing or trying psychology, counseling, and therapy despite it not working for you. Now, don't get me wrong. That's not to say that these approaches don't work. It's to say that you need very particular approaches for very particular times in your personal development and well-being journey. So unfortunately, we do have a very pain-driven and reactive approach to well-being as a society. And that's why we tend to have this approach of whenever things start going, you know, not to crash hot with our mental and emotional well-being, we automatically go, well, I need to go see my GP and get a referral to a psychologist. Now, don't get me wrong. I think that is a fantastic idea. But if you've been doing that for a while and you're at the point where you're like, you know what? I'm not resonating with this approach. I'm not getting a lot out of this. I'm not gelling with my psychologist or my psychiatrist. For whatever reason you go, this isn't the right fit for me. You have a right as an individual to make decisions and to know your options and make an informed decision about what is going to be the best fit for you. So what I don't want to see happen to people and what unfortunately I'm seeing happen so consistently is they fall into the trap of believing that their only choice and their only option is to just keep trying different counselors, therapists, psychologists, despite maybe not aligning with that approach. So how do you begin solving this? Well, it starts by clearly identifying what support you need for where you're at in your journey. 
This is going to be very basic rule of thumb and I do recommend that you actually speak to your GP or to a professional or to someone in your network to get more tailored advice on this. But it's a great rule of thumb if we look at things that are designed to uh, help us get back to feeling okay or quote unquote normal, whatever that means. We do see a lot of what Dr. Seligman from Positive Psychology calls these firefighting approaches. So if you're at negative 10, how do we get back to neutral or zero? And yes, things like um, psychology, uh, counseling, therapy, these are all incredible resources, even psychiatry and pharmaceutical help, incredible resources and tools uh, and professions to help you achieve that. If we look more at how do we go from, say, we're like at a negative three, negative four, we're, we're worried, we're stressed, we're a little bit anxious and overwhelmed, um, you know, but we're not clinical, then how do we go from that negative three, negative four to a plus 10? Now, this is where you're going to more look down the domains of positive psychology. You're going to look for more strengths-focused approaches to therapy. You might even be looking at coaching and what we do here at BU. And the important thing is you just get the right solution for the right time in your journey. Um, and avoid falling into that behavior trap of just trying a psychologist six months, it's not working for you, so you leave, and then you try another psychologist six months later, not working, you leave, and you spend, I've spoken to people who've spent five, 10 years just yo-yoing and bouncing back and forth, repeatedly trying the same approach, despite it not being the right fit for them. Now, speaking of things not being the be-all and end-all solution and learning to mix it up a little bit, uh, the next two behavior traps I'm going to look at really follow that theme. One of them is over-relying on exercise and nutrition alone to support your mental and emotional well-being. So, unfortunately, I see so many people who go, yes, I'm looking after my mental and emotional well-being, I go to the gym. And again, don't get me wrong, going to the gym is fantastic. It is so good for you. It's definitely something I'd recommend adding in. but unfortunately, what happens here is we hinge and gamble all of our well-being on one activity. And this can actually create a lot of stress and pressure around that activity. So what we tend to see quite a lot is it can lead to anxiety around food and exercise. It can uh, be a path to developing body image issues or over-exercising or disordered eating patterns. I know that's actually my background in this space. I placed all of my mental and emotional well-being on looking a certain way on exercising consistently on eating well. And it meant as soon as I wasn't doing that, it kind of all crumbled. It was all eggs in one basket. Um, And obviously the solution then, if we're not going to take this all eggs in one basket approach, again, don't get me wrong, that egg is a great egg. Looking after yourself, going to the gym, eating well, phenomenal self-care tools. But on their own, they're not enough. So we've got to complement our exercise and nutrition habits with very intentional practices that are designed specifically to help with your mental and emotional well-being. Otherwise, we've got all of our resources in one space. And again, it's just too much of a gamble. It creates all that pressure on our shoulders. The next one we want to look at as we move through these seven behavior um, uh, challenges that stop people from living a truly happy life is consistently chasing a new idea of external success. So we spoke before about the hedonic treadmill, um, and how success always or happiness always seems to be around the next goal and the next accomplishment. What happens with this approach on consistently chasing a new external success is it leads to being very busy and frantic and fast-paced in your approach to life. You know, this is where you start to reach the point where you end up feeling like no matter how fast you run, you just can't seem to catch up to happiness. One of my clients actually the other day had a great analogy for this. She said, sometimes I feel like I'm on a treadmill and I can see a carrot in front of me 
and I'm running towards the carrot and I keep ramping up the speed on the treadmill to go faster and faster and faster. And I don't realize that the carrot is tied to a stick that's attached to my head. So no matter how fast I run, I'm not getting any closer to the carrot. It's always just out of my reach. And we explored this together and we we began to really see and bring clarity to the solution to this being stop running so fast. Stop running towards goals that don't matter to you as much as you think they do. It was funny with this client in particular, she realized that she didn't even put the carrot there. And when she thought about it and reflected on it, she didn't even want the damn carrot. Someone else had said this was a, this would be a good goal for you. This would be you know a successful move for you. And she blindly pursued it and began running and running and running and burning the candle at both ends to try and reach this carrot that at the end of the day didn't even matter to her. So again, the solution is to learn how to slow down and enjoy the ride of life rather than just pursuing the outcome. If you can fall in love with the journey and you can get clear on what matters to you as a goal, you're more likely to experience happiness and fulfillment. Now, our second last one, so our our sixth behavior challenge that gets in the way, super, super common amongst uh, teachers, social workers, nurses, allied health. Really, this is a common underlying behavior that gets in the way of people's well-being particularly in those helper-based industries. And this is putting yourself last. It's amazing how often we see people very proudly say that they're low on their priority list and they proudly talk about how they put everyone else first. But unfortunately, this just leads to overwhelm, burnout, fatigue, and again, feeling like you never have enough time. You may have heard it before, the oxygen mask analogy. In case of an emergency, Secure your mask first and help everyone else around you. It is insane how many people are going through life frantically trying to put everyone else's mask on and never stopping to put their own mask on for themselves. So, of course, the solution to this one is learn how to prioritize yourself without feeling guilty about it. Learn how to build your self-esteem so that you recognize your value as an individual and you feel okay with giving some of your time and resources back to you. Now, our last one we're going to be looking at in this episode is repression and distraction from your own emotions. So repressing our feelings, burying them, pushing them down and ignoring them. It's amazing how often we slip into this as a behavior. We think it's a solution. It's a very short-term fix. It's a very band-aid fix of I don't have the time or resources or support or capacity to deal with these emotions or my thoughts right now, but I'll deal with it later. And let's be honest with each other. We never go back and deal with it later unless we're getting support from someone to do so. Think of this like stuffing things into the cupboard or spare room of your house. There's only so much you can stuff in there before it starts to spill out. And that's exactly what happens mentally and emotionally. See, it only ends up magnifying and compounding our challenges. Whilst distracting ourselves or repressing our feelings gives that short-term relief, in the long term, it really does do a lot more damage. So the solution here is learn how to face your emotions and understand your mind so that when the challenging moments arise, you're able to handle it and navigate it a bit more effectively. Obviously, the best way to do this is to surround yourself with a team who can help you navigate that space and feel supported through the discomfort that can arise when it comes to dealing with your emotions. Now, with each of these seven behavior challenges, I'm going to to invite you before we wrap up the episode to reflect on them and go, how many can you recognize as we spoke about them, as we described them, as we quickly listed them? How many did you go, I can see myself doing that. That's really standing in my way of a happy and fulfilling life. Because again, 50% of change, 50% of the battle is awareness. 
Now that you've seen it, you've got direction, you've got clarity to begin following through on changing that behavior, overcoming that barrier, and moving towards a happy and fulfilling life. And just like that, that brings us to the end of Season 3, Episode 3 of the 15-Minute Mindset mini-series. With any of those challenges we spoke about today, again, we in 15-Minute Mindset, we have time to quickly list them and give a little bit of insight into them, but obviously not enough to go deep and really unpack them and explore them. Of course, it's hard to do that in a podcast anyway because it's not one-to-one and tailored. So if you've been listening to either this episode or the previous episode on the seven thinking mistakes people make that hold them back from happiness, and you can recognize this, a number of those thinking mistakes or a number of the behavior mistakes from today getting in your way of living in a happy and fulfilling life. If you're sitting there going, yep, a lot of these are resonating with me and I don't really know how to overcome them and unpack them and take that step forward, that's exactly what we're here for. So the best thing you can do is head to our website, www.bucoaching.org and download a free copy of our coaching info kit. You'll answer all the questions you have about our coaching program, our process, how it all works, what you'll get out of it. And you'll also then get a call from me or one of our team to get to know you a bit better and just see if there's a good fit there for us to help you. Obviously, you'll be able to go into that call going, hey, listen to this episode. These are the behavior mistakes I'm making. These are the thinking mistakes I'm making. I can see now that this is what's getting in my way of living a happy and fulfilling life. And I need some help to get access to the right tools and team to back me and support me in moving forward with my personal development and well-being journey. So make sure you do that now. We'll have links in the show notes. And as always, it does mean the world to me and the team when you give us a quick review. If you've been listening for a while, make sure you click subscribe if you haven't already. If you're on Apple listening to this, make sure you write a little review about the podcast. It really does help us get this out to more people and spread that positive ripple effect of change that comes from doing a show like this. It really makes the world of difference. Something as small as a quick five-star review, a quick share, a quick subscribe. You have no idea how much of a change it could make to someone else's life. And with that said, until the next time we get to talk, you know what we do. Make an impact, start with self, and be you.